When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker. Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others and leading guests from the world of women's football. Cuts back onto her right foot Um, and finds the net. On TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. We lost a few of the weekend's fixtures through COVID postponements, but there was still plenty of drama, of course. Birmingham City pulled off one of the biggest upsets in FAWSL history, beating top of the table Arsenal. It's an early chance of Birmingham City. Arsenal's defence has fallen apart, and Birmingham City have the lead. Libby Smith scores. Manchester City start the new year with a big win over Brighton and Hove Albion. And behind Letizia, lovely chip from her. Walsh gets the glove to it, but can't stop it going in. And Championship side Coventry United have been saved from liquidation. We'll be hearing from their prospective new owner later in the show. Hardy chips it in towards Wilkinson. Wilkinson with the yeah. turn and the shot. Can you believe it? Coventry United, down to ten players, have found an equaliser. All that, plus we hear from Lauren Hemp on her new Manchester City contract and Everton's Izzy Christensen on the Her Game 2 campaign. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Faye Carruthers. Hi, I'm Leah Williamson from Arsenal Women and you can follow the WSL on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. Happy New Year to you all. It's lovely to be back in the chair. Thank you so much to Shabana Hearn for keeping things ticking over while I was away. She did an absolute superb job. It's definitely not the last we'll hear from her on Women's Football Weekly. Uh, Just to say, hello, Farrah Williams. Former two-time WSL winner with Liverpool and England's record cap holder. She's with us today. How are you doing, Farrah? Hi, I'm very well, thank you. Good. What have you been up to? Keep seeing you pop up on my telly now and again. Yeah, not much. I uh, When I retired, I started a bit of coaching at Reading. Um, I finished that just before Christmas. I'm doing a bit of coaching with the England under 23s. Uh, Amazing. Um, yeah, and a bit of media stuff around the WSL, so that's really exciting. It's been great to see you. How are you enjoying it all, particularly the coaching side of it? Yeah, I mean, coaching was always what I wanted to do when I was a player. I always wanted to come out of the game, um, give back to the the game and and coach. And coaching and football has been my life uh, forever. So I definitely didn't want to come away from that. So really enjoying that. But um, I got an opportunity, obviously, to do some media stuff with BBC and Sky taking over the the women's game. And 
I've really enjoyed that path as well. So yeah, my head's a bit spun of which one. Um, you don't have to choose one or the other. Yeah, you can do both. You're a multitasker. Well, <laughs> well, I've tried to do both, but yeah, I mean, to be fully committed to coaching, yeah, I don't think people realise the hours that, you know, coaches, management and, yeah. you know, the, the team, the staff behind the, the, the team put in, the hours they put in. Um, it's a lot. It's hard work. And I realised that. And, and, and obviously, that's why at the minute I've took a, a step back from that, concentrating on the media for a little bit and um, the under 23s. So I'm sure I'll go back into coaching at club level at some point. But the 23s um, fits nicely into my schedule because it's every you know couple of months. That's perfect. The, the juggle is real. We all know. We all know that it, it, it definitely is. Uh, listen, we we missed some of the games uh, this weekend. It's going to be a, a condensed review of what happened in the FAWSL. Chelsea Spurs Friday night postponed because of COVID. Villa Everton on Saturday also postponed for the same reason. And then West Ham Manchester United on Sunday as well. So three big games. However, wow! Birmingham City two Arsenal nil. What an incredible! Incredible spectacle this was from a Birmingham City perspective. Producer Flo was there. Uh, Flo Lloyd-Hughes, tell us your assessment of it. Yeah, it was pretty astounding, to be honest. I think those of us in the press box yesterday were pretty shocked at the result. Not just because of the scoreline, because I think just before Christmas, obviously, Reading beat Chelsea and that was a bit of a shock. But in that game, Reading really had to defend for their lives. You know, Chelsea had over 30 shots, I think, that day. Whereas Birmingham City looked like a high-flying side yesterday. They didn't look like a side low on confidence that hadn't won a game yet, um, that that were searching for their first win of the season. They looked like a team who completely transformed and Arsenal looked like the, the relegation threatened side. It was a really, really good performance from start to finish. They were they were flawless. So yeah, it was probably one of the worst I've ever seen Arsenal play uh, and leaves a lot of questions, I think, about if they're still hung over from the FA Cup, from the Champions League. It's uh, Yeah, it was a really, really strange performance from an Arsenal perspective, but amazing from Birmingham City. Well, before we get into what that means for the top of the table, we really should focus on Birmingham because they were the victors. Such an incredible performance, Farah. It means they go off the bottom of the table. Let's hear first before we dissect what, they, what they've managed to do from uh, then interim manager Darren Carter because he said the, the result was exactly what his side deserved. I'm just trying to take a moment really. Um, I think it's for me that the biggest thing is just seeing the reaction of the players um, sort of how um, happy and you know they deserve this. I think they've, they've put in so much hard work and, and they've had so much adversity thrown at them uh, especially this season and, and results not coming and it's been a a long wait for for a win for them, um, but the the way they acquitted themselves today and that that performance, I think you know, epitomises what they're all about as a group. Um, and you know, they have been so receptive to me and, and to Marcus since we've come in the building, uh, and they just give us everything. And that's what I asked of them today was to to empty the tank and give us everything. You know, follow the game plan. Um, and, you know, I thought we executed it fantastically well. But they, they deserve huge, huge praise because they've, um, they've put in a, a top, top performance there against the top team. Birmingham manager Darren Carter there. He, he's got an interesting backstory, Farah, because he himself was, was, was a player, went into coaching, um, actually took Birmingham City into the Premier League 20 years ago with a, with, with a penalty. He was brought in and his first game was against Manchester City ran them really close, ended up being beaten 3-2. 
Then they lost to Leicester, but he's turned everything on on his head. And I was listening to a, a, an interview with him where he talked about seeing this change of mindset, as you heard there, and the players starting to enjoy their football again. And you can definitely see that, can't you, on the pitch? Oh, yeah, most definitely. I think for most people, yesterday's result, of course, would have been a shock. I mean, I, I had a conversation on Saturday and I was talking about, you know, when the team, normally when the top teams come back after Christmas, they don't give themselves enough preparation time, in my opinion. And it's normally the lower teams, you know, and I know that through being at Reading that we used to be in over Christmas as early as we could to get as much preparation. And, you know, because in the women's game, you have a, a winter break. So, you know, we're not in every day. You have like that like two weeks off. So, and with Marcus Bignot, and as you mentioned there, Carter going in, I just, you know, you could see the changes in, in, in the Birmingham team. You could see how more organised they were. They were much more disciplined. They had a little better structure to their, to their setup. And, and look, yesterday they executed it to perfection and it was a fantastic result. And, and I don't think it was a, a lucky result. I think, you know, if you look at the stats, yes, Arsenal dominated the possession. But in terms of chances and in, and in terms of clear cut, you know, for Arsenal, I don't even, I think they had two on target in the 90 minutes mm. and, and Birmingham, had, Birmingham had plus five, I think it was. So Birmingham had more chances, although they had less possession. Look, Marcus, Marcus Bignot in particular, and, and, and I know that um, Darren Carter, he, he, he's the interim manager, but Marcus Bignot and what Birmingham ladies means to him and, you know, what he'd done there before, you know, leaving, you know, maybe six years ago mm. now, job that he'd done there and the respect that the club and players will have for him and the fans you could see what it meant to him. You could see what it meant to them. And, I, and I'm sure they would have shared that history of the, the, the women, the, you know, Birmingham women when, you know, they were successful with the likes of Karen Carney and Laura Bassett. And they will share those experiences. And, and these young players that they've got probably needed to hear that mm. and needed to get themselves together. He, he would definitely have given them confidence. And you could see that in the performance yesterday. And I think it's a, fan, a fantastic result and very good for the league. Yeah, that's really interesting. And uh, Darren Carter talks, there's an, an interesting article in Sky Sports that, that I was reading earlier on. He talks about his influences as a coach, and I'm quite keen to hear your thoughts on this as well and who your mentors are, because he uses Jimmy Shan a, a, as his mentor. He's the Solihull Mills um, manager and was previously at West Bromwich Albion, if you remember as well. I think he took over from, from Darren Moore. And he talks about the psychology as well of basketball and that former Chicago Bulls coach Phil Jackson uh, inspired him as well and managing people is what the key part of being a coach is and when you've got a group of players like Birmingham and what they've gone through over over the past couple of years certainly people management is going to be a crucial part of what he's doing oh most definitely I think I think at the top I think this is you know the balance there's got to be a balance within your coaching and you know, wanting to be that leader and that manager that that dictates everything, and then re- and and also knowing that the players are humans and and how you treat them and how you get to know them. And look, for me, I've always, whenever I've you know you know been a player and worked or, or a coach and and spoke to you know certainly foreign players or top end England players, I really wanted to find out what what got the best out of them and what environments worked the best for them. And and literally everybody that's ever been at the top always always will talk about you know that being treated as a human and and you know managers getting to know you and, and it's all the off the pitch uh, stuff before you even hit the pitch so uh, yeah I can totally relate to what he's saying there I think you know if you get the balance right off the pitch you really get to know people uh, I can assure you these, these, these people will run through brick walls for you. Yeah, they certainly look rejuvenated and motivated as well. Let's hear from the Birmingham City captain, Louise Quinn, shall we? Because TalkSport Edge caught up with her today to find out just how much that meant, that win meant. I think just for, you know, for us and our team to kind of get 
to get three points on the board that it just it meant everything um, you know, and to do it obviously against to me what like who I think is the best team in the league anyway. Um, you know, my old team, but it was for us. It was those three points, and I I just couldn't have been. I really was. It was one of those moments of football that you kind of you'll you'll remember that feeling, and you'll have to carry it forward with you. It just it just felt great um, because the effort that was put into that game. Um, you know, for for the last couple of weeks has been has been huge, and 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 we deserved it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't luck. It wasn't whatever we deserved to win that game, and and yeah, it felt so good. That was uh, Birmingham City captain Louise Quinn there, and of course, after that defeat to Leicester, they really needed this win because it's now put them a point above Leicester, and that could be really crucial as we head uh, to the tail end of the season. But Arsenal, in terms of their title chances, big damage uh, done to them still top of the table four points ahead of Chelsea but of course Chelsea with a game in hand it just was not an Arsenal performance was it Farah? No and and it definitely wasn't look we, we we've seen the start of the season and you know we were, we were giving Arsenal praise and you know in terms of their style and how much has changed they've become a pressing team they wasn't so predictable in their play they were a bit more direct as well as being able to possess the ball but what we saw yesterday was a team that you, you know they 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 struggled to break down a, a very resilient, a very organised team, and they, and they also struggled earlier in the season against Aston Villa. It wasn't until very late that they got the goal. So, although they've got you know you know fantastic players, I think that the the likes of Arsenal they they do struggle to play against a team that plays a low block, mm. and uh, yeah. They don't. I, I, for me, it, it, it's very apparent that they haven't got enough players that want to run beyond. Um, and in those type of you know styles that you're playing against, you've got to have players that will do that. They've got a lot of players that always want to come and show for the ball. They didn't really hurt Birmingham in behind uh, yesterday in the game. It certainly wasn't an Arsenal performance. They can talk about having lost players to the Asia Cup, uh, lost players to COVID and injuries, but the team that started the game, you know, is a team that you know their their A and B team could could both fit into the WSL one. Uh, and finish within the top six so that, that can't be an excuse for them and and credit to the manager you know he didn't make excuses for the performance he said it you know they weren't at the races and they probably didn't give themselves enough preparation time as I mentioned before I think they only went back on the 2nd of January so oh, wow. you know we build into a into a game no matter what the game the level of the game or what the level you think the game might be having three four weeks off because they missed games due to Covid before Christmas is definitely not a long enough build going into uh, a fixture no, in my that- opinion that's a, that's a really interesting point of view. And, and you mentioned Jonas Eideval there. Let's hear from him, shall we? Because he agreed with you. He said his side just didn't play to their usual standards. What we're not doing today, what we have been doing well so far this season, is to an- anticipate the, the moments and, and work together as a team. You have numerous occasions. We know Birmingham is a very direct playing team. So we see the play the ball direct and obviously it goes into dual and second balls and we clearly don't defend those situations together as a team. We get very, very separated as a team. Some players sprinting, some players jogging, some players walking to um, to, to get into the position. So even when we win the ball, we are so spread out as a team. So you could obviously argue that the players on the ball should have a better decision making, but, but we're simply not in any well-positioned enough to be able to connect and, and get good options from there on. And um, we could also see when when we are breaking through uh, Birmingham's line of defence, uh, we are so slow 
in, in getting numbers in the box or to create numerical superiorities um, in front of goal. I mean, you, you have numerous um, situations during the game where we actually are playing our way well through them, uh, but the player that gets the pass, uh, she's alone because no other player has anticipated or taking a run inside uh, to an area where you actually can score in football. And what does that come down to? Um, for me, I think I have to take 100% responsibility for that because I didn't think we looked like a team today that, that understood that, that those aspects are really, really important when you want to win a football match. Arsenal manager Jonas Eideveld there. I do like it when managers take 100% um, uh, uh, of the blame for, for a defeat like that because, you know, there's only so much you can put on the players and he's saying he didn't set things up right and, and perhaps that's that's exactly right. But also, what's going on behind the scenes perhaps at Arsenal at the moment, Farah? Do you think that has anything to do with it? When you look at Vivian Miedemar's contract, she's still not signed a contract. PSG interested in her and Barcelona as well. And you kind of think, could she make a move? There are reports that Arsenal are interested in Sweden striker Stina Black's uh, Stenius. And of course, Jonas has said in the past that, you know, they're only recruiting not to replace players who are there right now, but to to, to look to the season ahead. Could, could that be causing a bit of an upset behind the scenes? I mean, potentially, it potentially could. Look, Miedema is their, their main player. Look, as a player that, if they want to be successful and, and really kick on in the Champions League, they, they need to keep her and add, you, you know, strength in depth. They've tried to add players to their squad this year. At times, they've got the balance right with, with, with the players that they've picked, and at times, they haven't. And they scraped results, i.e. the Tottenham game. They, 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 they were lucky to get back into that in the 90th minute and draw that game. Um, but yeah, look, Miedema has been a player that has been linked over the last few years and she's a player that wants to you know play in the top teams compete in the Champions League to the very end and do I believe she's going to be able to do that at Arsenal anytime soon no so for her I think she's probably considering that I think she's probably going to see out her contract and you know potentially end the season move so Arsenal are going to have to start considering you know moving forward without Miedema. Bit silly letting her go on a free though isn't it surely should have shored this up before. Uh, Most definitely a a player of her calibre and you know what they could have got you know, in transfer fee for if they was to, to know this. But, yeah, I just think, you know, it, it goes down to the, the women's game and some of the structures at some of the clubs mm. and how they're run. And, look, we can question loads of them. And I don't know the ins and outs at Arsenal, but I certainly know that, you know, that the pyramid of the women's game, the structure of it, um, some of the things that are done just aren't done correctly. And, you know, teams lose out. And Arsenal will be one of those teams that, you know, I can see in the summer losing a top player where they could have probably you know, got something in for her. Yeah, seems like a big, big, big decision that. Um, Chelsea now four points behind Arsenal with the game in hand, as I said, but it sets up that uh, defeat for Arsenal, that match on the 13th of February, absolutely perfect between Chelsea and Arsenal. Very much looking forward to that one. Uh, right, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others. Lioness's record appearance maker Farrah Williams is with me as well. Coming up, we're going to be chatting through more of the weekend's WSL action. 
This is Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. Farrah Williams is with me as well. Don't forget, if you do miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the Talk Sport app so you can download it today. Uh, right, rest of the uh, WSL games that did take place on the weekend. Let's start with uh, Brighton nil, Manchester City 6. Hope Powell's going to be furious with this, I'm sure. Six second-half goals for Manchester City, including that horror-own goal from Victoria Williams in the 48th minute, uh, which opened the floodgates uh, for City, didn't it, Farah? It was a shocker. It was, and, and you know, having gone 45 minutes, given a fantastic performance, a very disciplined performance from Brighton, Hope would have been very pleased with the defending of her team. They also created a couple of chances, one half chance that, you know, potentially could have rolled into the bottom corner. So to go in at the half nil-nil, and to come out in the second half to concede two early goals, the, the, you know, the manner in which they did an own goal, as you mentioned there, um, from Victoria Williams. And then, uh, you know, Lauren Hemp's chip. I think, it, you know, it was the start of, you know, what was to be, which was six goals, a six goal defeat, which I know Hope Powell, having seen her at the Manchester United game, you know, their last game before uh, the Christmas break, she was very disappointed with the result of that game. So she won't be happy with that. And, you know, they've started the season so well and, Looked like they were really trying to push for that third spot, mm. um, but they've had, you know, they haven't won now in, in four games. So I'm sure she'll go back back to the drawing board and, and try and make things right. Yeah. What do you think the the issue is for her? What's the problem there? I think she, I, I, look, I think they need a, a couple of defenders. I think she's brought in some players. I think, you know, what I like about Hope Powell and Brighton, I think that their structure throughout the whole of the club, I think it's done the right way. Um, they don't just bring players in just because you know, they're a name or they actually, they, you know, I know that they've got um, recruitment staff. So the whole structure of the club is very good. So they recruit players that they feel will best suit their style. Obviously, it takes players, you know, a bit of time to adapt. Um, I mentioned there the Christmas break, which is horrible for everyone. It's quite difficult because, you know, it's a time that clubs do give players off. Um, but I'm sure she'll get it right. Hope's a fantastic manager, one that, you know, I, I very much enjoy playing under as an England player. Um, and I know the players at Brighton have got the utmost respect for her. Yeah, she is fantastic. And if anybody's going to turn that around, it's it's her, that's for sure. But as you say, disappointing, bearing in mind the start that they had to the season. For Manchester City, though, fantastic, bearing in mind their start to the season. It moves them up to fifth, four points outside the top three. Um, but of course, it also marked the return of Lucy Bronze, her first appearance of the season after surgery following the Olympic Games, and then Steph Horton back as well. How much could the return of both of those make a difference for Gareth Taylor and his side? I think it will make a massive difference. Look, we've seen yesterday with the performance and the result, I think, you know, players of that calibre will automatically give the squad, a, a, you know, a massive lift. And, and I think they did just that. So I've always said once Manchester City get a full strength uh, squad back, they're going to run of games that, you know, we'll see them finishing, you know, third coming into the season. So although they haven't had the start that they would have wanted, the players that have come in um, and I believe underperformed for Gareth Taylor. I think, mm. you know, even, you know, some of these players are, are their second string players. As I mentioned, they're, they're, they're still players that are, are more than capable of getting the results, you know, in games that they haven't been able to. So I do think with a with a full strength team and, and going now on a run of games till the end of the season, um, I don't see anybody else finishing third other than Manchester City. So that's interesting. Spurs might have something yeah. to say about that, Farah. Yeah, they, yeah, they might. But uh, you know, I think the strength in depth that Manchester City have, I think they'll go on and get that third spot. And, and what looked like it was going to be a, 
you know, an awful season for them. Um, if they can get that, that third spot would, would turn out to be a fantastic season. Of course, they have that bright shining light that is Lauren Hemp, that audacious chip, as you mentioned, Farah. Yeah. But she's also signed a new deal with City, keeping her at the club until the summer of 2024. And she spoke to reporters about that deal, saying she believes City will be back to winning trophies very soon. Yeah, I think we definitely will. Like, I wouldn't have signed if I didn't think that we we truly could win trophies. And I do believe that. I think, obviously, like you said, we didn't start necessarily how we wanted to, but it, it takes time and we're slowly getting the form that we want to get into. And obviously now having some of the players back that, that we've lost throughout the season is definitely a great boost for us. And I think that'll help. But like I said, it does take time, but you are seeing glimpses of the city that, that we want to be pushing for every week. Manchester City's Lauren Hemp there. Uh, Reading won Leicester City nil was the other uh, match of the weekend. Moves uh, Reading up to sixth, Farah, which is excellent. Amazing Tash Dowie goal as well, chipped in from outside the box. She's going to be really important for you this season, isn't she? Yeah, really important player. I, I know that you know when I was at Reading, Kelly Chambers really wanted a, a finisher, a striker that could finish, and you know stats. Uh, sorry, Tash Dowie stats. In every team that she's been in, they don't lie. You know, the, the the figures are there and she scores goals. And her goal yesterday was fantastic. I think, you know, Kelly Chambers herself will, will admit the performance from the team wasn't anywhere near where they've been performing of late. Uh, it wasn't uh, a, a nice performance to watch. It was quite an ugly game, if I'm honest. Um, but they got the result and, you know, they've been able to, to shift you know, the, the, the mentality in the group because, you know, I think they lost the first five games and, and to get results from their last five games, I think for them is fantastic. And, and within that, you know, Kelly got a, a manager of the month within that. So the this, this shift within the group has been fantastic. And you've seen that yesterday with a poor, uh, poor performance, but they got the result. Yeah, the result is the most important thing. Uh, Tash Harding as well, reaching 150 WSL appearances. Just explain how important that is to have somebody with that kind of longevity and what an achievement it is. Oh, it's a fantastic achievement to play that many games in, in the WSL is, is a, a, a phenomenal achievement. Uh, Tash Harding herself, I mean, fantastic character, a character that, that boosts any squad. I think any, she could walk into any squad and her, her character lifts the squad. So she'll always keep that positivity within within any squad she's involved in. So, And she's got experience. She's got international experience. She's got, you know, great club experience. She's played at many of clubs. So she's got, she's got great experience of the women's game. And she's somebody that, you know, is key to that Reading team. She's, she's captain of that team and, and certainly when they was going through the bad period would have would have tried her utmost to keep them together. Mm. For Leicester though, I mean, that Birmingham result would have absolutely knocked them because they wouldn't have expected to see that. Then they lose themselves to Reading. They're bottom of the league now. Do they have what it takes to stay in the WSL? Because I'll be honest, I was expecting more from them when they were promoted. Yeah, I think everybody was. I think everybody expected when Leicester was promoted um, and the signings that they made, they was hopeful that you know they might be able to finish in around the, the eighth. And I think their target was they wanted to they come up into the WSL and you know they was really trying to be ambitious and really wanted to finish sixth. As I mentioned, I saw the performance yesterday. I think they're going to struggle. It's going to be a fight, a dog fight for them between now and the end of the season. Having seen how Birmingham performed yesterday, if they can continue that way, you know I think Leicester in have, have got problems. They didn't look like scoring at any point yesterday against Reading. They've got young players within a squad with lots of energy. Um, I'm not sure they've quite got the balance with any experience within that squad. That's really going to help them in these difficult moments.
Yep, certainly is. That was the roundup of uh, this weekend's action. But let's take a look ahead to this weekend's Women's Super League action with now. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search Now Sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply couple of games on Saturday with Manchester United against Birmingham, Villa against Man City and then on Sunday Everton, Chelsea, Leicester Brighton, Arsenal, Reading but we're going to focus on Tottenham against, against West Ham. Now you're already saying uh, Farah that you don't think Tottenham are going to have that third place spot. I'm sure Rianne Skinner will have something to say about that. How do you think they're going to fare against West Ham? Look I've watched Tottenham you know a few times this season and, and, and I think their organisation is fantastic. I think defensively they're very strong I think you know what Brian Skinner's done there she certainly made them hard to, to, to hard to beat and they don't concede many goals I think they've been really good at, at that it's just they don't score enough goals for me and, and what Manchester City have in their team is players that can score goals and when and as I mentioned the, the likes of Steph Houghton and Lucy Bond being back there it strengthens Manchester City and they can then we'll, we'll leak less goals and score more. So I think, look, they've got a great foundation, Tottenham, and I think what Rianne Skinner has done, and I think she certainly will push till the end to try and get that third spot. I just think they might fall short. What's your prediction for the weekend, though? I think, no, I think uh, you know what, West Ham, are, West Ham are a very good team. I like the way West Ham play. They play with a five and a box and box midfield and one. Um, but they're unpredictable. They're, they're, up, they're inconsistent with their results. So... I think it's it's probably the game of the weekend. I think it'll be an exciting game. I think it could go either way. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. I'm, not, si- I'm not sitting on the fence if that's what you think. Yeah, you're, getting splint- you're, you're a bit splintery, I, I have to say. It, it could go either way. I think both teams, <laughs> you know, you could argue for both teams in that game. You could also argue that any game could go either way. So it's not really... <laughs> Do you think this weekend? It, any game could go either way. Look, Just look at what happened with Birmingham and Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Don't forget with a now sports membership, you can stream the biggest moments from the Women's Super League, including Tottenham Hotspur versus West Ham, as well as Premier League, all without a contract. Search now sports. Women's Football Weekly Preview on TalkSport 2 with a Now Sports membership. Stream weekly weekend matches from the Women's Super League live without a contract from just $9.99. Search now sports 18 plus stream via internet terms apply. Right, coming up, we're going to be chatting to Lewis Taylor, the prospective new owner of championship side Coventry United. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Women's Football Weekly. That is absolute top quality on TalkSport 2. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2 with me, Faker Rothers, and England's record cap holder, Farrah Williams. Now then, you probably will have noticed just before Christmas, championship side Coventry United were heading for voluntary liquidation just halfway through their first season as a fully professional club. It really was a horrible moment for their fans, but for staff and players as well, around 30 of them due to have their employment contracts terminated. Um... Just hours, though, before the liquidation deadline on the 4th of January, a new owner came in to rescue the club. And Lewis Taylor is CEO of energy company Energy Angels and joins us now. How are you doing, Lewis? Hi, Faye. How are you? Very, very well, thank you. I'm assuming you've been incredibly busy in the new year. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but and and slightly before before that as well. But uh, yes, yeah, it's been fun. So tell us where you're actually up to uh, in the process, because I understand that there's a deal in principle on the table. What, what what's going on? Where are you up to? Um, so we've we've signed heads of terms with the current owners. So technically, we're not the the new owners yet. Although there's there's nothing really that that should stop that. Um, it's now in the hands of uh, solicitors just to draw up sale agreements. So essentially, the boring stuff. All all the agreements are, are reached, and both parties were, you know, very. It was very easy to come to a deal because everybody wanted the same thing ultimately. And how did you come to, to to want to take over the club in the in the first place? What was your interest in in, in Coventry? Um, I, I guess sort of there's there's always been an underlying um, desire to get involved in football. Uh, we've we've already um, been involved in a small way in women's football. Uh, we're front of shirt sponsors for Wolves Women mm-hmm. and have been for the last three seasons. So uh, already sort of seeing the various um, comments and communication that goes on in in women's football. Um, and I saw it over Christmas regarding the the essentially the situation over at Coventry United. Uh, I actually saw it a little bit later. So have a you know if I'd have seen it earlier, I'd have acted earlier. But with Christmas in in full swing, mm. actually I was off social media. So um, I think it was the, the day before, yeah, day before New Year's Eve, and all of a sudden, you know, everything just went hundred miles an hour. <laughs> finding out more information, um, just just trying to save it. I think that that was all it was. You know, there was no there was no real other desire other than can can we fix this problem i think farrah Far williams is with me tonight i think you've got a question farrah haven't you yeah look hi lewis um i'm hi, grateful hi. obviously that you've took took over the women because obviously we've seen this before within the women's game and you know it's heartbreak for these girls that potentially could have lost their job and obviously 
their career. But I'm just look, the, the problem I, I I see now is you know they're now I think it's minus four, aren't they, in in the league? And my worry is what happens now if they are to then get relegated and obviously into the lower league in terms of their professional status. What happens there? Um. Well, certainly we we're still in full support. So so that you know, regardless, we, we've come into this eyes wide open. So we're fully aware of what might happen. Um, I, I will add that we are in the process of appealing that. Um, so there's there's a there's a whole number of rules within the Insolvency Act that is listed on uh, under the FA rules and regulations. And all of the real key big ones that you would say that, that would match business terms, we actually haven't breached. But there's a couple of terms in there that are almost like catch-all terms, which could be argued either way. And, and that's what's triggered the 10-point deduction. Um, so we are just in the process of um, appealing that. Uh, of course, it's made a little bit more difficult because I can't officially act on behalf of the club mm. because I don't own it yet. So we're doing it with the current owners um, and I'm just waiting for them to essentially rubber stamp it and send it off to the, the FA. Um, but, you know, so in our vocabulary, it's very much we're fighting um, and I think there's there's a squad there that's actually good enough to get a lot a lot more points this this half the second half of the season so even with the 10 point deduction in there is still a fight on but at the same time you know whether we can get it wiped or reduced that uh, we're going to try for that as well how likely do you think that is to happen i mean have you had off the record chats with with, with the fa with kelly simmons with, with anybody else to find out whether or not an appeal is likely to have some form of success um i, I think yeah i mean i can't i can't sort of say how positive I can be (laughs) but from a common sense point of view there's a couple of factors here you know there's essentially three three sort of external um, issues around you know there's the pandemic there's Brexit there's also uh, the energy crisis which has affected potentially the old the previous owner's ability to continue to invest so there's external circumstances at play there which enables us to appeal um, but then there's potentially some what I would consider um, unfair to unfair punishment terms within the FA regulations, which we're also looking at. So uh, certainly I don't think they were meant this way at the time. But, you know, when you look at the the comparison between the men's championship and the women's championship, um, the, 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 the point deduction in the men's league is 12. Mm which that's 12 points out of a possible 138. And then in the women's league, the po- the potential points deduction is 10 out of a possible 66. So the, the looks like, well, unintentionally, I'm sure, but it looks like the, even if we had gone into administration, which we haven't, um, there would actually be a fair argument to have that reduced anyway. Yeah. Well, listen, you're talking to somebody who supports a team who had 30 points deducted from them a number of years ago. So, yeah, um, I I absolutely agree with you in terms of there has to be uh, some kind of level playing field with that uh, and equality. And and so hopefully you'll be successful with that. I wish you all the best with it. Um, In terms of your vision for Coventry United as a whole, if you were to get relegated, where do you see this club going forward? Uh, the end goal is WSL, absolutely. So, so we we would continue to support. And okay, you know, if if 
that's let's face it that's not going to be a straight line all the way up there might there's going to be some bumps in the road so um i've already said to jay uh the manager that you know we're, we're here for the long term so even if we do have a, a couple of hiccups along the way um you know i've had questions from um from the rest of the team about well what happens with this role because it's not required if we go down and i said well look if it's required because the team needs it we keep it, you know, because we're we're looking to go straight back up and then up again, and that that's got to be the end goal. And obviously, you know, you say you you run an energy company. You've obviously been shirt sponsors uh, for for Wolves Women, as you say. But what other experience have you have in the women's game that that will help you going forward? Because there obviously will always be question marks when new owners come in to take over clubs about about what their intentions are. Um. That, that's the part where I need to be completely transparent and say I am inexperienced in in the women's game completely. You know, I've watched it as a fan. I've taken my family to games, but in terms of running a football club in general, that's that's going to be new to us. But what I see is it's really important to let the football people run the football side and let the business people run the business side. And I think from from what I've seen so far, is that we've had football people trying to run the business side. And that's possibly you know, where I can massively help Coventry United. So I can look after the commercial side of things. Um, I've also got contacts in women's football in general as well um, through our connections with Wolves. So you know, we can certainly draw on some of those experiences. But my expectation long term is that we have experienced football people running the football and I'll run the business side. Excellent stuff. Lewis, thank you so much for joining us. I wish you the best of luck with the appeal. We'll keep in touch as well. I'm sure we'll hear from you again on Women's Football Weekly. Thank you very much. Thanks, Faye. Take care. Lewis Taylor there, prospective owner of Coventry United. Uh, right, this is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Faker Others and Farrah Williams with you. We'll just run through some of the championship scores from the weekend. Only two games that went ahead. Uh, woof, Liverpool 6-0 winners over Blackburn. Goalless between Charlton and Sheffield United. But that win for Liverpool stretches uh, their lead at the top of the table uh, to five points over Durham in Interesting times. Could they be back in the WSL after just a season away? You're listening to, or two seasons it would be, sorry, I cannot count. But nobody wants to count the last two years, do they anyway? Uh, you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others. Farrah Williams with me. Next, we're going to hear from Everton's Izzy Christensen on the Her Game 2 campaign. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football. I'm Faker Others. Farrell Williams is alongside me as well. Now, let's talk her game two, because at the end of last year, Everton became the first Premier League club to partner with the Her Game 2 campaign. Working with supporters and representatives from Her Game 2, the club aims to create thought-provoking content and educational pieces championing women in football, including players, staff and fans as well. Uh, the campaign's going to reaffirm the club's zero-tolerance policy on harassment and any form of sexual abuse as it continues to make Goodison Park and Walton Hall Park safe environments for all supporters. Uh, now, Talk Sports' Bradley Hayden caught up with Everton's Izzy Christensen to talk about the new partnership and her own experiences as well on social media. On a personal level, I've never received anything that's hurt me, um, but I know that teammates and colleagues have. So I think that because I personally haven't, it doesn't mean to say it doesn't affect me because I know it's affected others around me. Um, 
I think the stuff which I've received has come off the back of doing a little bit of media uh, work for the radio and, and the TV, um, especially throughout the men's Euros um, last year. Um, I've received some comments online, but I feel like that's part of the game. And I think that there's a generation now of, of people, of women working in sport, in the media especially, who are subject and have been subject to online abuse because they're a female. Now, I would probably class myself as part of that sort of generational shift. Um, and hopefully that the, the people growing up sort of below me won't will, will sort of thrive into an era where it doesn't exist at all. And, and how do you go about dealing with, with that abuse when it is directed at you? Do, you? do you speak to friends or family? Do you speak to those in sort of your, your close circle? Do you help and seek support from people at Everton to help you handle handle that? Well, fortunately, as of yet, I haven't received anything which has made me contact somebody um, from my club or, or sort of spoken to my family about things. I think the thing that hurts me the most is online abuse that comes from fellow females. I think that there's a real kind of shift about women empowering women. And when you see things online which come from female accounts and stuff like that, I think that's the bit which is really hurtful because it kind of goes against what a lot of women stand for, which is about supporting each other and lifting each other up. But like I said, I think that stuff which I've received in the past, I've always sort of counterbalanced it with the positive comments I've received. Um, and especially going back to the men's Euros last year, I remember doing a game with some pretty high profile male sporting commentators um, who were superb in terms of how they supported me in those situations. And I feel like the positive comments that I received were definitely more highlighted than the negative ones. Everton's Izzy Christensen there talking about uh, the Her Game 2 campaign. Interesting, Farrah Williams, what Izzy said there about not thinking that what she's received on Twitter is actually that bad. I mean, does that feel a little bit as if we've become normalised to it and and particularly female players are just normalised to these kind of comments that they just ignore them and don't actually think they're as bad as they really are yeah I mean when I was listening to that I was thinking exactly that I mean I've grown up in a generation where we've accepted it we've accepted you know the sexism and, and racism within the game and it becomes a norm the problem is is that the longer we allow it to be the norm the more it continues mm. and so even though we probably think you know what might not hurt us you know as Izzy said there there's she's had some abuse but it didn't really affect her or hurt her so she hasn't you know reported it it's us that are not reporting it that aren't helping the situation. Um, so I think it's important that any any type of abuse should be reported, and we try and you know really clamp down on it. But look, there's a long process in, in in making change, and we've seen that within the game through many different things. Um, yeah. I don't think we'll see an automatic change, but hopefully in time uh, we'll start to see that. Yeah, and it's an interesting way to look at things. I understand what Izzy's saying, focusing on the positives uh, instead. But as you say, things have to be reported for things to get better. Uh, Focusing on the positives, though, let's talk FIFA best very quickly. Next week, uh, the 17th of January, uh, the final three nominees for the best FIFA women's player were announced the other day. So they are Jennifer Hermoso of Barcelona, Sam Kerr of Chelsea and Alexia Puteas of Barcelona as well. For coaches, uh, Louis Cortez from Barcelona, Emma Hayes, Chelsea, Serena Wiegmann as well, um, with all of her different teams in the Netherlands and England. Uh, the only surprise I had there was no Bev Priestman, despite Canada getting gold in Tokyo. Yeah, I mean, for me, that's a, that was a big surprise. I mean, obviously, these awards are really difficult to select, but 
you know, in the, in the short space of time she had with that Canadian team to go and win an Olympic gold against the opposition that she had to come up against. It's a phenomenal achievement mm. and one that should be recognised, in my opinion. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, for goalkeeper and Katrin Berger, uh, Christiane Endler and Stephanie Lynn Marie Labbe as well. Um, elsewhere before we go, I feel like I'm having to concertina everything in right at the end of the show. <laughs> this is what always <laughs> happens when we run out of time. Uh, the Irish FA announcing a training camp for the Northern Ireland women's team ahead of Euro 2020. So players that don't play professionally in England or Scotland are going to become full-time players to take part in the seven-month camp which kicked off last week. I mean, I read this the other week and just thought, what an excellent idea. Make the most of what is going to be an incredible opportunity uh, coming up this year. Oh, it's fan- for me, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm excited by that news because I think, you know, you, they, they did the hard work in getting there and, you know, the tournament's going to be fantastic exposure for them. So they want to go there in the best place they can be and this seven-month you know, training programme that they're going to give, the, you know, the non-professional players, I think, you know, it's fantastic for them. Yeah, it really is. It's so important. And of course, we will be all over the Euros on Talk Sport. You'll hear so much content uh, from us. We cannot wait. It's a massive year for women's football, uh, particularly in this country. Farah, it's been a delight to chat to you, even though I can't see you. I want to see you back in the studio <laughs> next time, please. Yeah, you have to invite me in. I just got told a Zoom call was okay. No, no, no. I want you in the studio. Listen, I keep seeing your face popping up across the BBC all the time. I want you in here with me on Women's Football Weekly. Lovely to talk to you. Talk to you soon. Thank you you for listening as always. Thank you to Farrah Williams, Lewis Taylor, Izzy Christensen, Bradley Hayden, producer Flo as always, and of course, all of you again for listening. It's great to be back. I've missed you so much. Uh, Don't forget, if you do miss any of the show, you can download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.